Well, this has been the January 22nd edition of the WCBN Daily Sports Report. Thank you for listening. Good night. Go blue. And pets. <laughs> We're definitely making that our station. Hey, There's no going around. Monday, I can't yeah. be in a group chat. Next Monday? I'm not sure. Eagles. Yeah. That's my worst. Then again, this whole Super Bowl is my worst nightmare. I'm calling it the Nightmare Bowl to all my friends. Just one of you guys if you're here. Yeah, but I wasn't, like, invested in football. Here, if you ever wonder about what to do, you can always hit our station ID. People are actually, like, there. That one. The little speaker thing. That was because I was trying to get YouTube. Did you hear about them greasing their balls? I couldn't get any sound. I had the Mac. Volume turned up, and it on. So, and then Rax, let's see if I can make work. There's no question that Philadelphia has the worst sports fans in America. Football rowdiness. Yeah. All right, sound volume is up here. It's got to be something in the mess. I'm just going to tell him to go ahead. We got no sounds. Angry white males. Yeah. At least I got the levels down. I don't Well, good evening. It's uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN, FM, and Arbor. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show, and my name is Dick Whaley. And my name is Joe Dwyer, and the sound you hear in the background is the crinkling of paper, because uh, Dick and I are both old school. We don't have a laptop or a handheld device uh, for our notes. We're using newspapers and handwritten notes. Handwritten notes, and yeah, there are no power failures involved with us doing radio. We uh, <laughs> we wing it ad libit usually. Uh, occasionally read a a clip here and there, but uh, yeah, no no teleprompters here, and hopefully now my mic is uh, up and on. Well, the sports uh, gentlemen. There's occasionally a lady involved, but uh, the sports gentlemen always have their 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 crew, and uh, <laughs> the mics are always a little discombobulated. Well, let's not go into any of this government shutdown nonsense. What uh, it's a bunch of much to do about nothing. Well, as of six eleven, it's a done deal yeah. anyway. Yeah, so the government shutdown uh, lasted. 72 hours almost and it's uh, stupid um, I guess what I'm going to talk about a little bit in connection with that is the the real failure here is a failure what we have here is a failure to legislate you know the Honestly. immigration reform is complicated and it's imbued in American history because we're kind of dealing with three different immigration acts. The Immigration Act of 1924, the Immigration Act of 1965, and the Immigration Act of uh, 1986, which was also called the Simpson-Mazzoli Bill. In any event, America throughout its history, in, in the 19th century, we had very liberal immigration. We uh, pretty much allowed anybody that got off the boat <laughs> into the country, and there wasn't anybody to stop anybody because manifest destiny, westward ho. 
Uh, you might call it even imperialism, if you want. I don't know. I, I, I have uh, mixed opinions about that. Well, in each new wave, of course, as everybody should remember from their American history classes, uh, suffered the abuses of what it was to be the low guy on the totem pole, the new arrival, uh, you know, because they did come in waves from sure. specific regions of Europe, particularly. And a lot uh, of them were, in the Mediterranean. Were, 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 you know, fleeing genuine religious persecution. Uh, right, whether through war or economic oppression thereof, but the, the Irish, the Germans, and yeah. then later the Slavs and the Italians. And uh, and even the Puritans uh, of Plymouth Rock fame were uh, sort of a radical sect in England. Uh, in fact, Oliver Cromwell was a Puritan. <laughs> well, the, the, the Puritans were uh, so uh, repellent in their ideology that it, they just... It wasn't just as simple as we want to be left alone to do things in our Puritan way. We want no, that wasn't quite it because the Dutch, famous for their tolerance, actually kicked the Puritans out who came there first uh, after fleeing England and said, "No, you can't tell other people to live that way." Sure. Uh, so um, <laughs> go live on a rock. Yeah, go live on a rock someplace. Maybe that's probably where the uh, infamous uh, phrase totally. "rock in a hard place." Owls, what to do? Got started, but of course, you know, uh, my family. Uh, I have some Dutch uh, background who came into upstate New York in in the the late uh, 17th century. So I even have relatives that fought in the so-called French and Indian War and the American Revolution and that sort of thing. Well, and I have another wave that came in with the with the with the famine uh, in Ireland. Yep, uh, and is... some British. Where my ancestors come through uh, is uh, from the potato famine. Later, the Polish lineage comes uh, in the front end of the 20th century. Um, and that's, you know, what seems to be ungraspable here by uh, the uh, natural, the nativist movement, the, na the white nationalists, is that everybody's ancestors came from somewhere else. Yeah. This is so obvious on its face that everybody knows it. This delusion that by putting up a wall or by limiting people from certain countries will protect America's white legacy. There's no such thing. There never has been any such thing. Yeah, and we have a, a total convolution of policy here as well. I mean, let's remember that both George W. Bush and Barack Obama tried to deal with this DACA problem. This is not a failure of the Democrats or a cave-in of the Democrats that I've heard some uh, morons come out and have press conferences about. This is about a problem that's just not being dealt with. And it's and actually, the more and more delays that have occurred with this, the more and more illegal immigrants have come in. Uh, that's the it's irony. It's a program that's, that's fairly popular with voters. And, of course, obstructionism has been part of it. Um, Mitch McConnell, when he was the minority leader, filibustered. Um, when the Democrats briefly had control of the House of Representatives in 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, and uh, they, had a, they had an agreement. The Senate had an agreement several years ago. I think it was about five years ago. You know, the so-called Gang of 14 or the Gang of 16. I don't remember uh, the exact number, but it was in the teens. And that was a bipartisan Senate bill that, uh, that passed the Senate. Well, guess what? John Boehner, I don't know if you remember that, alcoholic, <laughs> Speaker of the House. Weepy. 
Wee Wee. Wee. He was always crying in public, and he wouldn't allow a vote uh, because that's the power, the arbitrary power that the Speaker of the House has. And there's no guarantee, even if they have a vote on this in a couple of weeks, that anything's actually going to get done because this is a loser for the Republican Party, and they know it. And the notion that shutting down the government for a couple of days to uh, sort of get some commitments that are now a matter of public record. We're not talking about the smoke-filled rooms. Uh, Mitch McConnell had to go out on the Senate floor and concede that there would be at least a vote. And we know that there's a majority, uh, a, a big majority in the Senate that want to see this passed. So you got to push this back onto Donald Trump. It was his Precisely. irresponsibility um, pushing it back onto Congress because Congress is essentially dysfunctional. This continuing resolution nonsense that's been going on now really for several years is no way to run a railroad. And it, it's outrageous that the regular order of business, Congress's job, is actually passing the budgets and coming up with sufficient revenue to pay for spending, which they haven't done in any substantive way since Ronald Reagan's been around. This country's been deficit spending irresponsibly for decades now. Despite all the chin music from the so-called Tea Party yeah, and about this deficits. notion about the, that we're fiscally conservative, <clears throat> the Republicans like to claim this, is, is just pure nonsense. They've presided over these massive deficits for decades now, and they continue to preside over deficits. Uh, the, the, the wall that Donald Trump wants to build, because this has been uh, interjected now as a new stumbling block, um, well, it's not being built. And it's not being built because there's not a majority in the House of Representatives that want to pass such a thing. Even the Republicans in the state of Texas know that the wall is silliness, that it's not practical, that it would take decades to build. And in fact, there is a wall. There's a wall that's about 700 miles. They started building walls on the southern border back in uh, in the Clinton era. But there's about 2,000 miles where there's no wall. And the notion that the wall is going to keep people out when 40% of the, quote, illegal immigrants come in on an airplane mm -hmm. and they overstay their visa. What's the wall going to do about that? I don't know. Now, there's parts of the border where they don't even need a wall. You cross over that border and go into America, you're ending up in a desert. You're probably going to die. Uh, if you are not able to carry an amazing amount of water. So uh, these problems with immigration are connected to a variety of disastrous American policies. This includes war in Central America that's created the flow of refugees. And global emigration, starting with an E, is still a major, major global problem. We're talking about 65 million refugees. We've, had, we've seen a lot of publicity recently about the Rohingya uh, fleeing uh, Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, to Bangladesh, a country that may be more 
poorly suited to take in more people than any place on the planet. Yeah, if you were a refugee and, and needed to escape and Bangladesh was your option, it's not good. It's going to be underwater in about 50 years, a, an enormous chunk of it. And it's already a country that's got well over 125 million people. Well, it's prone to flooding and yeah. uh, regular uh, violent storms. And, of course, Bangladesh uh, used to be called East Pakistan. And before that, it was called India. <laughs> yes, we've got lots of... India. We've got lots of movies celebrating Winston Churchill, and he was a great wartime leader in terms of spirit, but uh, he was an imperialist. And Rather I doubt that they brutal one too. Uh, show much of the finest hour probably doesn't go into that sad chapter of Winston Churchill's background very much. Uh, so the reforms that are needed are really quite comprehensive. These are complicated policy issues that um, cannot be solved with, uh, you know, a de demagoguery about walls. A demagoguery about immigration in general. And again, speaking to this <clears throat> privileging of white fear that I mentioned earlier, uh, this country needs immigrants. Uh, it's it, catering only to the ignorant nativist to, to even say as a campaign promise, no more immigrants. And of course, at the end of last week, there was some uh, details emerging of a conflict between uh, Chief of Staff John Kelly and Trump. Uh, Kelly uh, was brazen enough to say out loud on Fox, the channel the president watches, <clears throat> that he Which is lacked... why he told it to Fox. Exactly, exactly. So, Mr. <laughs> President, here I am. I've said this probably to your face, but here I am You're saying it listening. on... Hello, I'm saying it on television to you. <laughs> uh, that he lacked yeah. an understanding, sure. that he was not nuanced, that, that these things are not practically doable. Um, and so that just reveals the whole language of being anti-immigration and how important that is to uh, Trump's base is... Just hot air. Just Jim is you can't do these things. Economically speaking, this country requires uh, a steady stream of immigrants. Uh, and because it's not just labor on the low end of the spectrum, but a lot of doctors and academics uh, are also immigrants. So, yes, it's a complex issue, but there are elements of it that are just sort of straight up given, you know, understood. Yes, this is America. Yes, uh, immigrants are welcome. So, right. And instead of what we've gotten from Trump or travel bans and an inability to understand any of the history of these actual immigration laws that are on the books. Uh, this is why there's due process involved with, with with hearings. So these detention facilities, as we call them, um, are are overloaded with cases that are pending because we have this very complicated system of. Human rights, people f fleeing, uh, requesting political asylum, and on and on and on. We don't need to go into all of the the complications there, but there's another branch of government that uh, Donald Trump seems to be unaware of. You can't solve this problem with executive orders or punting the ball back to Congress. Congress is required to change the law if they so wish. And, of course, in the 19th century, 
as I what was saying, we had a pretty uh, open door policy, but we also had uh, discriminatory uh, laws against Mexicans and Asians in particular. Mm-hmm. For instance, when they built the railroads, they used Asian and Mexican migrants to build the actual railroads out west under incredibly harsh working conditions. And once some of those railroads were built, they would pass legislation that said, go back to where you came from. Get lost. That's difficult to do. Uh, Once you, if you're only making so much money, you're not going to be able to book passage on any reliable uh, vessel uh, to get back from whence you came. And, of course, ironically, as they do more and more... uh, anthropology and archaeology and whatnot, we, we, we know that the uh, people that even came to the quote-unquote new world came from Asia. Mm. They crossed over Sarah Palin land. The land bridge of the Aleutians. Right? Where she can see Russia from her her homestead in Wasilla. Well, uh, of course, you know, there are other uh, interpretations of and options for uh Immigrants, uh, for example, the Jared Kushner, would you like to buy some property approach? Yeah, where uh, you know, if your uh, check cashes, hello and welcome to citizenship. Well, yeah, you certainly can buy your way in. That's... Or the weird uh, uh, Russian uh, birth tourism in Florida. That's very smelly. I also think that there's a bit of a myth about the fact that one of the parties. Uh, is has been uh, lenient towards immigration, and the other po- uh, other po- uh, party is not. In fact, Richard Nixon uh, famously used immigration to allow all sorts of people in uh, during his presidency. As did Reagan with yeah. some uh, questionable people with uh, past uh, past affiliations to fascist organizations in Eastern Europe. Indeed, and of course, anybody that was fleeing a communist regime was allowed to claim political asylum. We have this so-called wet, uh, wet uh, dry land wet uh, policy uh, involving Cuba. All you got to do is touch the soil. No questions asked. That's law, by the way, still on the books, Yeah, essentially, because Congress hasn't changed it. Well, that was an anti-communist uh, crusade, but it contradicts the other aspects of immigration. And it's these paradoxes and these contradictions that are simply not being dealt with. Uh, we just simply don't have enough adults in the room. And for Tom Cotton... And I heard him quoted this afternoon, who has interjected um, new hard, hardcore demands about legal immigration and claims that at the meeting in which Trump used these uh, slurs and uh, racist uh, rhetoric, he denies that he can remember it, even though it happened two weeks ago. And of course, Richard Durbin. Uh, had gone to the White House with Lindsey Graham. These these are the two guys that are trying to work this out legitimately. The way the Senate is supposed to work with some, you know yeah. bipartisan consensus uh, coming to some sort of middle ground. And what does Trump do? He brings in Tom Cottontail and uh, Sonny Perdue from Georgia. And a handful of others. It was kind of an ambush. And there was disruption in the meeting. And of course, Trump Sounds like he'd been playing the piano all night. 
Uh, the piano's been drinking, not the president. Wait, he doesn't drink. Oh, yes, he took a personality test last week, the Montreal personality test. He got 30 out of 30. Yeah, was, I'll bet you a, a third grader could get 30 out of 30 on that uh, profile test. Well, I loved it. It, it, it it's, Draw it, a clock. Yeah, it admitted that it was about uh, telling time with, with clocks and hands-on clocks yeah. and identifying animals <laughs> and remembering. The cow says, moo. That's right. I'm sure it was really difficult. And uh, since Arwolf's my friend, I'll, I'll just crack a little joke here. Arwolf Arwolf is a DJ at WCBN. Is Arwolf Arwolf a rhinoceros, a giraffe, or a DJ at WCBN? <laughs> hmm. Is he a wolf? All of the above. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was, that's it's the kind kud- of test it was. Kudos uh, to Arwolf. Arwolf. Who's, uh, Thursday nights at 7. Been here at CBN uh, for quite some time, and it's one of everybody's favorite people down here. So I use the uh, the, the joke <laughs> with affection. Not sarcasm. But with Donald Trump, anything's possible. And, of course, it is a mystery how Donald Trump has gained an inch. Um. It, what is it, Pinocchio? Does he gain like a millimeter of height every lie he tells? Well, if that were so, he'd be twelve feet tall by now. <laughs> His head, of course, that, that can't be it. Definitely expanded since becoming president. So yeah, I don't know how a seventy-one-year-old man gets an inch taller, <laughs> but we know why he's listed as six-three now. Uh, well, and it is interesting that, and unfortunate, I think, um, that the medical officer who rendered the assessment felt compelled to use the term in excellent health when actually there are a number of red flag issues with sure. regards to diet, cholesterol, demeanor, cholesterol count, uh, Big sedentary, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So uh, other doctors are, are saying that there are numerous red flags there, but whatever. If, yeah. if this is the the banner they paid to have printed out, well, so be it, I guess. And just remember that if you do uh, actually have dessert with the President of the United States, you get one scoop of ice cream, he gets two, and he gets to put chocolate sauce on his ice cream. <laughs> it's uh, it's a remarkable uh, thing, and I don't know whether Trump uh, was <laughs> medication uh, during his meeting with uh, Tom Cotton. Cotton, by the way, was rumored to be uh, in line to be uh, ahead of the CIA, uh, assuming that Rex Tillerson resigns soon. Trump is going to move Mike Pompeo uh, from head of the CIA to secretary of state. A very questionable move. I'm not sure if that's ever been done in In my my opinion. Memory. I mean, uh, to have a CIA head. Why not George H.W. Bush, of course became the president later, but to be moved from the head of the CIA to the State Department, is, it is kind of a weird maneuver. Well, it's a weird maneuver because uh, of, of what the CIA does. Right. Those are supposed to be entirely different enterprises. And, of course, that was part of the, the utter confusion about Benghazi. You know, the Benghazi mm. was a CIA compound. Had nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's in charge of the State Department. The fact that the ambassador to Libya got on an airplane and decided to uh, go down with the ship, as they say. Yeah. That's basically what happened. 
And so the, the, the people that were killed in, in Benghazi several years ago, four of them, uh, were, were CIA people, most, most of them. The CIA uses the State Department as a disguise. Indeed, I was going to say, often the State Department is at great pains to distance itself, or to appear to distance itself at least, uh, notably when the uh, U.S. Embassy in Iran was uh, overrun by student radicals. Um, a lot of documents that were destroyed were carefully reassembled by students with no more homework to do. And a lot of spare times on their uh, spare time on their hands put together some very uh, incriminating uh, CIA communications that you know there actually was a presence in the U.S. embassy in Iran. Yeah, you're at that time. You're, you're pretty much a fool if you use the mechanical <clears throat> shredder and not uh, the, the uh, cigarette lighter. Burn them. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, yet another uh, mystery of the Watergate scandal. L. Patrick Gray is alleged to have destroyed some of the documents in his fireplace over Christmas. This head of the FBI, <laughs> the so-called political dynamite that was found in E. Howard Hunt's safe, an alumni of the CIA. <laughs> but we, uh, the, you know, the one-year anniversary of Trump, yawn. Uh, thank God he's 25% done with his presidency. Uh, we can do a, a more thorough... At least 25%. Yeah, it's over 25% now. It's a good thing. Uh, we can do more analysis on that uh, next week. I'm certainly going to uh, address these economic claims that the that the Trumpster's been making recently. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with the DACA program. Uh, it sh should probably be dealt with uh, professionally. And it would be nice to see Congress actually do that for a change. So we'll see what happens. But don't be surprised if it uh, doesn't pass the House. Um, this immigration problem in the United States is overly saturated with emotional uh, hatred and confusion about our history, the so-called American dream concept. There's all sorts of complicated things involved with this problem. And I don't think it's the, the, the complexity is being dealt with. It's just not. Well, and this White House shows no signs of putting forth any serious sort of uh, countermeasures against potential uh, outside slash Russian involvement in uh, social media manipulation that feed into this sort of uh, ignorance and hate uh, that, you know, tend to... Uh, kindle these emotions that make the immigration debate uh, even more complicated than it already is. And just for the record, by the way, Norway is a, is a Scandinavian country with about 6 million people. Small. It's big on the map. It's small. It's got the highest per capita income in the world because they export oil. It's got negative economic growth, by the way which shows how irrelevant that issue is. That's something that Trump is constantly obsessed with. It has universal health care. It's got 100% literacy. Nobody in from Norway is clamoring to get to the United States. Actually, I forget which day, but there was a day last week that Nicholas Kristof in the New York Times had a nice piece where he enumerated about 16 different programs and uh, economic uh, trends in Africa that 
make the U.S. look silly and ridiculous by comparison. Yeah. So it's not just that, you know, Norway has these certain qualifications, and that was a weird thing to say, but also the incredible ignorance to just lump all of Africa together into such a negative uh, classification. Total ignorance. Stormy Mondays. Oh, wait. Stormy Daniels. Stormy weather. Stormy Daniels appearing uh, in South Carolina. That's at, right. At your... <laughs> Greenville. Uh, you you got to love that story. I don't know that where that's going. That was pretty going, amazing. But uh, Donald... You can get your picture taken with her. Donald... Wear, wear your MAGA hat. Donald Trump has gone from uh, the White House to Melania's doghouse. And he's going to be using the outhouse pretty soon. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I think Melania has sort of understood all this for quite some time now. And I'm sure that this is largely an economic consideration for her. It's about the point. boodle. <laughs> uh, as long as her child has some sort of financial future, she can maybe at least keep him out of prison. But uh, the article by Matt Flagenheimer in Today's Times about the porn star at the strip club in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, is well worth reading. The uh, closing image of the uh, guy waiting in line to take a picture with her. Um, she dutifully removes her top. The man grabbed at her front tentatively at first. Sorry, this is the dinner hour, but this is the New York Times, so it's, it's clean. Uh, the brim of his star-spangled hat reading, Make America Great Again, nearly grazed her blonde hair. Ms. Clifford smiled again beside a well-stocked jug... Of tips. Yeah. Our country has got a sin problem, as was noted by a pastor earlier in the article. Franklin. And, Franklin and Graham. Humor, who says, oh, well, we can't necessarily say that this isn't right. true. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to believe this about the president, but, uh, Pastor, I think you can believe this. I think you can. Uh, just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Andrew's been our engineer this evening in Yazoo City Calling. Will be coming up uh, shortly. Uh, yeah, you gotta love uh, that that uh, story about the greased poles in Philadelphia for the for the Super Bowl. And I was thinking, did they grease any poles down in South Carolina? <laughs> the president's going. Hmm, I have to get some poles in Mar-a-Lago and start greasing them. Greasing them up. I didn't want the Philadelphia Eagles fans overly celebrating, so I found the uh, article about. Crisco being applied to lampposts in Philadelphia. Mighty strange. Like, okay, what well, happens after that? Where, where does the Crisco go? I don't follow football, so I don't want to say I'm <laughs> rooting for the Patriots. But, uh, yeah, I, I have to say, that as a hockey fan, that uh, Philadelphia has some really annoying fans. I think <laughs> sport to sport. Well, that's the United States of America for you, and Norwegians are not uh, clamoring to get onto any of those grease poles in Philadelphia. We are out of time. Yazoo City Calling coming up next. <laughs> Weird music, odd music, wonderful music. Listen to Robot Pasta. It's freeform sprinkled with cheese. Served every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. Right here on WCBN 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. 
Like the diversity of WCBN-FM, the Michigan Music Hall of Fame celebrates music of all styles made here in our state. The Michigan Music Hall of Fame will contribute content and ideas in a variety of styles of music that Michigan has uniquely branded and is recognized around the world. Well-established rock and jazz is featured